0: In that moment, I couldn't talk with anyone. I felt bad talking about all my problems. People do stuff, crazy stuff, when they are scared. And your mom, your dad, maybe your boyfriend, they are acting like that because they are scared. Mm -hmm.
1: Hey there, my name is Sean and this is Suicide Noted. On this podcast, I talk with suicide attempt survivors so that we can hear their stories. Every year around the world, millions of people try to take their own lives. We almost never talk about it. We certainly do not talk about it enough. And when we do talk about it, many of us, including me, we're not very good at it. So, one of my goals with this podcast is to have more conversations and hopefully better conversations with attempt survivors. And thank you to everybody who's joined me here on the podcast to talk and to everybody who listens. I really appreciate it. Now... If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out hello at suicidenoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted if you want to learn more about some other stuff related to the podcast some of which are ways in which you can get involved, participate and so on check the show notes and of course if you listen on Apple Podcasts or have access to Apple Podcasts if you rate Suicide Noted it helps more people find it and we want more people to find it because those people who find it might really need to hear it Thank you for that. Also, finally, we're talking about suicide on this podcast, like we've been doing for over three years, like we do every Monday, and we know it's not a good fit for everybody. So please take that into account before you listen or as you listen. But I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. Today, I am talking with Esteban. Esteban lives in Quito, Ecuador, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hey, Esteban, what's going on? I'm good. And you? I'm all right. Where are (laughs) you right now?
0: At my car. I was getting to my house right now. There's a lot of traffic, so I got parked here, so (laughs) we can talk.
1: Cool. Thank you for connecting and talking. Appreciate it.
0: No, thanks. Thanks to you.
1: So you're in a car in Quito?
0: In Quito, yeah. I'm outside Quito, near la mitad del mundo. That's where the equinoxial line crosses.
1: Now, do you know, So maybe you've heard about that my best friend ended his life. Do you know where his family's from? my color yeah yeah that was a long time ago okay so you reached out to me via messenger which isn't that common actually most people do email I'm glad that you did you are wanting to talk about something that most people don't do not talk about
0: in my country my family uh, they are really close about suicide and it's not talked enough like it's such a taboo like no one wants to talk about and it's something so essential to talk about and to hear like all their stories so you can understand what is happening to you also.
1: You think suicide is essential to talk about or
0: mental health related? Suicide, mental health, like they think mental health, you need to work on your own and that's it. That happens really often here. Uh, My family does it all the time. Like you need to suffer like in silence.
1: Is that right? Do they ever actually say those exact words or is it just implied?
0: No, it's implied. Like when you talk about something like that, it's really uncomfortable. Right. I can talk with my mom, his uh, husband, but let's say with my dad, it's really difficult to talk about this.
1: So you can talk about it with your mom and I guess it's her second husband.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, But my dad is like close-minded. Everything is square for him. He cannot understand anything that is outside how he was brought up and all of that
1: so have you kind of given up on having certain kinds of conversations with him yeah totally <laughs> so when you say brought up when we're we're going to get to your stuff i promise but whether it's your your family or you you're in ecuador and i could be wrong here tell me if i'm wrong very catholic country yeah you think that influences i imagine it influences to some degree these kinds of conversations as well as like support resources
0: yeah like my mom she's a catholic but she's not such a believer so she's more open minded and it's easy to talk with her But my dad is from Colombia and his family is Catholic. Everything goes around God and all of that. So it's really difficult. I imagine his parents brought him like that. He doesn't change that type of thinking. So it's really difficult to talk about this with him. He doesn't understand. He takes too much in mind what other people say. And he doesn't like use his common sense about that.
1: It's tricky stuff for sure when someone's child is suffering, no doubt. But that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. So... You heard the podcast, and then you at some point want to reach out and talk. And I'm wondering, by the way, number one, you're the first person, I think I told you this, first person from Ecuador that I've talked to. So that's kind of cool. Two, uh, why do you want to not just listen? Because look, a lot of people want to break stigma and stigma, but they don't want to talk about it kind of in a public way. And I'm glad you're here, but are you different?
0: I always felt like, like an outcast between my friends, between like everyone in my circle. I felt like an outcast. They never understand what I felt. And with your podcast, with all the stories that I've heard, like I felt there's someone else that have similar problems like me. And I think like someone else can also hear my story and feel like the same or feel like something like me or something like that. I want to talk and try also to help someone else, but also talk and let many things that I haven't told many people about.
1: Mm So do you remember when you first started to feel something kind of like suicidal?
0: Yeah, it started when I was 16.
1: And how old are you now?
0: I'm 25 right now.
1: Nine nine or so years ago. What was I know it might be a little bit difficult to remember the details, but what was going on then that you felt that way?
0: Uh, well, I had migraines since I was eight, severe migraines. I had to be medicated and all of that. Uh, my parents uh, had a divorce when I was eight also. Uh, my relationship with my dad was always bad. I never had a good relationship with him. And uh, always like when my mom and, my, and dad got the both ways, uh, my mom started to have a lot of economic problems. My dad stopped he- helping her. So uh, many problems started to come. And I think I, I started to absorb all that problems because I was, was with my mom and my little brother. And in that time, I had to suffer like in silence. I had to be like brave for my mom. I couldn't cry. I couldn't feel like all the pain. And all of the years, the relationship with my dad started to get worse and worse and worse. Mm. And when I was 16, I started to have a type of hallucination, like a sleeping paralysis, something like that. I started to hear stuff when I was sleeping and feel stuff and see shadows and hear people talk. At first, I thought it was only sleeping paralysis, but it's started to be more often so i told my mom like this is not normal let's go to a doctor and see what's happening so i went to a neurologist and they told me that it was some panic panic attacks i got medicated i didn't go to a psychology therapy because all my life i have gone to psychologists like i always felt everything they told me i already know and it was not helping they never like Knew what was happening with me, so I started to go to other uh, many doctors, and they started to medicate me so much because they thought it was schizophrenia, epilepsy. No one knew because these hallucinations started to come when I was awake, like I had dissociations. In that time, it was like I couldn't understand anything. The doctors didn't understand what was happening with me. They were only trying medications. To check if it will work or not. In that time, when I felt so weak, all of the years of problems with my dad and with my mom started to come out. Then there was the first time I felt like this feeling to run away, to go away from my life. And it was like, I want to die.
1: So was there an actual diagnosis that you agree with?
0: now like 5 years ago i went to a psychiatrist she told me that it was a type of migraine scary it was scary like i i started to hear people like voices to tell me kill yourself uh, you doesn't you're not worth it and all of that hmm. and the hallucinations were were so vivid so you would you would see stuff that's always there but then you
1: would see like i have never had one so i don't mean to be yeah. weird is it like a ghost kind of?
0: Yeah, something like that, like shadows. Like I knew it wasn't real, but I felt so scared. Like I couldn't control that. I knew it wasn't real. I knew that it was this migraine happening, but I felt like really scared.
1: Do you think it's possible that any of that was real? The migraines obviously are real, but when yeah. you see the voices and the hallucinations, is it possible they were real in some way?
0: I think it was my, my, my inner mind telling me everything I thought of myself. In that moment.
1: Oh, uh, wow. Did you figure that out on your own? Or did you get some help with like a therapist? No,
0: in
1: my own. I'm imagining, given what we've discussed, that the mental health care treatment in at least your part of Ecuador. Again, you'll tell me throughout the conversation if I'm off base, but it's probably not very good.
0: No, everything is private. If you go to the public, doctors, it takes a long, long time. First, you need to go to the general uh, doctor. They need to say, oh, yeah, you need to go to psychiatric medicine. So then you get transferred in three months. The medicine is not always available. In that moment, my mom was desperate because she said, what is happening to you? Mm -hmm. I need answers. So Mm -hmm. we had to pay uh, private medicine.
1: So if you have the money, the care is pretty good.
0: Yeah, pretty good.
1: But poor people, they're fucked.
0: No, yeah, they're fucked. Totally. Everything takes months.
1: Sometimes people don't have months.
0: Even me with private medicine, like it took a lot, long time. It took like three years until a doctor told me, okay, you, I think I ha- you have this, take this medicine, and it will start to help you. And did it? It did for a while.
1: You shared a little bit earlier about some of the things that were happening in your life, and then yeah. you started to think about it at 16. How mm-hmm. old were you for the first one?
0: I was 17.
1: So you start thinking about it, like really thinking about it at 16 and a year or so later. Do you remember why you decided to do it on that particular day?
0: The first time it was like I lost control. I was uh, fighting with my mom because I said, I don't want to take any more medicine. This is fucking me up. I feel really bad right now. I feel like a zombie. I... I don't want to live like this anymore. And she also got really angry because I can understand her. She's seeing his son losing control. So I don't remember so much. This is what my mom told me. Like I I lost control. I started to pushing stuff all around the house. I was living in a tall building right in that time. So I went to the top floor and in the roof, there was like a really shallow part that you could jump. So I went running upstairs and suddenly, like the only part I remember, like, like I was going to jump. I felt like I had the urge to jump and my mom was there shouting, trying to go up because I had to climb that up and she couldn't climb that. My brother was there. So when I held, heard my mom crying like so bad, I came back and I mm-hmm. said, shit, what am I, I am what I, doing here?
1: How many floors up are we talking about?
0: Uh, six. I was so angry. I had. Mm. So much rage inside me. I didn't. I didn't think about it. I only did it.
1: Did your dad find out about that?
0: No, <laughs> that one no.
1: So only your mom and your brother.
0: Yeah, that one. My mom and my brother. In that time, I was. I had a fight with my dad, so we didn't even talk like for a year.
1: And I imagine you didn't go telling anybody in your school or in your community. You don't talk about that kind of thing, right? Who would do that?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like. I think my friends they knew they had me like I was always a good friend to hear them and all of that, but when I tried to tell them something, it was, oh, but i am suffering this. Why are you suffering? I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. Can you listen for once? So yeah, it was like I couldn't talk.
1: It does seem that this thing about talking about this stuff and having conversations it seems to transcend culture, language, location. Now, I realize the people I'm talking to are the people I'm talking to for this thing. So there's a lot of similarities.
0: Mm. Like in here, if someone knows that you com- try to commit suicide, you're so weak, yeah. you want to run away, is the easy way out? What is the confidence to talk about that in front of someone Is if you're going to always feel judged?
1: Sure. So you, you almost jump off of a six-story building, the roof of a building. Now, I know this for sure, given how things tend to work. You've got three attempts. You're talking to me at some point you put the word suicide somewhere in Google or Spotify or Apple. We'll get to that. But I know in the next few years, it's probably not so great. Yeah. Hmm. So um, how old are you with the second attempt?
0: The second attempt was a year ago, so I was 24.
1: So for seven or so years, though, you don't attempt again.
0: No, I don't. I was still thinking about it, but it wasn't so hard. My life between those years started to be a bit better. I graduated school, high school. It was difficult because if I went to a a party, I couldn't drink. So all my friends are doing all of this. I couldn't do that. Why not? Uh, The medicine. For two years, I didn't drink. At the third year, I said, fuck that.
1: Right. So this was high school or after high school?
0: After high school.
1: Are you in college or working or something else? Uh,
0: I wanted to go to college outside to Australia, Australia. Uh, no, I didn't go because uh, in that time, like, I started with the medicine. I was going to a psychologist. So I thought, like, if I go to another country, it will maybe it's more expensive. What if I start to have again all, all of the, these migraines and all of these hallucinations? So I started to be scared about going away from my country. At least I had my mom. She understand and she was with me, like, every time everything went bad, she was there.
1: When, hang on second. When you're going to the psychologist, is
0: it more than just migraines? Uh, I had depression and anxiety right in that moment. It was like controlled by the medicine.
1: What was your life like other than that when you were after high school into your like early 20s?
0: So I started college, but I started to have periods like migraines and all of these hallucinations while I was in college. So it was really difficult like one time I had to pick up my mom from work. I mm. was using her scar, but I never went. So my dad got crazy. He started to try to find me and I was in my house sleeping, but I don't remember anything. It was scary. Like I never knew when it was going to come and I didn't know what to do. Like if my body doesn't respond, what should I do? I was so unconfident with myself. So I dropped off college and I started working with my dad. At his flower company, I'm working right now there. Also, he has a a flower farm that exports all around the world flowers.
1: Working with your dad, he's the one you can't talk to about a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone tells me what what the fuck are you doing in the farm? What the fuck are you doing working with your dad?
1: Well, I bet you can talk a lot about flowers.
0: Yeah, not 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 so much. I don't like talking with him about work.
1: <laughs> the strange relations with fathers, I definitely can understand that. So last year, it's 2022. Life is mostly back to normal, I imagine, after COVID?
0: Yeah, it was pretty much back to normal. The first time I worked with my dad, I spent six months there working, but I had a fight and it wasn't working, so I left. So I started working like a year after that, like in 2019, with him again. And I started to have again these problems like 2022. I started to have uh, again migraines and all of the hallucinations I didn't go to work because I had to take a lot of medicine and I was drugged. I was a zombie. And from my house, it was like 45 minutes. (laughs) I couldn't drive like that. So I had my boss. It's not my dad. She was uh, in charge of the sales department. I was only a uh, sales executive. So I started to have a lot of problems with her, with all of the people around in the company, with my dad. He didn't understand what what was I feeling. In that moment, I went to live with my boyfriend mm. in a different house. The problem also was with my dad because I was scared to tell him that I was living with my boyfriend.
1: Did he Does he know that you're gay?
0: Yeah, he knows now.
1: How did that very Catholic man take that news?
0: Well, when I was 15, he told me if I ever had a tattoo, a piercing, or I was gay, or I painted my hair t- with another color, I was not his son anymore. So, yeah, I had so many problems. Like I didn't understand why everything was happening to me. My relationship with my dad was really going worse. Like I told you, I went like to a psychologist, but everything that she told me never worked. Everything she told me, I already knew like I needed something like how to manage my dad, how to forgive my dad for everything he had done, because it was terrible for me. All of that. Started to accumulate during all the years. I started to fe- feel like shit. I didn't. I wasn't worth it. Also, I felt like an outcast with my friends. No one like understand me. My bro- boyfriend did to a certain level, but in that moment, I was in a black hole and I didn't see a light out. I thought like I had so many problems, like economic problems, and I didn't know how to manage that. So one day, I took all my medication. But it wasn't enough.
1: Did your boyfriend know what you were going through? He knew
0: to a certain point. My problem is that I cannot talk. I cannot express all my feelings because every time I express it, like everyone, they know the normal me that is, that never talks about him and never complains. But in the moment I say something, everything goes wrong. Everyone is expecting me to be like that person. And when I try to talk, everything goes wrong. So he knew until a point, but I didn't want to put all my stuff to him and make him feel bad and all of that. He thought I was having a migraine in that moment because I was acting like I had a migraine in that moment because I was all loopy and all of that. So nobody knew in that moment. But I called my dad. I don't know why. I don't remember. And my aunt. And they came and I started to say everything. Like, I don't want to live anymore. I went to die. I hate you. I hate my dad and all of that.
1: How many days do you know?
0: It was a day and a half. I didn't go to the hospital because no one understood. They Everyone thought I was having one of my migraines.
1: All right. And that's what your boyfriend thought, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And everyone, my mama, my dad and my aunt. The next day, when I tell my boyfriend, he calls my mom and tells her, like, he tried to kill himself. Mm-hmm. You need to come. So the next day, I remember I was throwing up like crazy, and I couldn't even stand up. And when I woke up, it was like, shit, what, what happened? I, I shouldn't be here.
1: So you weren't happy to wake up. You weren't okay no. with that. it. Sounds like you really wanted to die.
0: Yeah. In that moment, yeah.
1: I imagine it was more than just that moment from what you're saying.
0: Yeah, it was more. After that, my mom came, stayed with me. We went to a new psychologist. Mm-hmm. I had to go to work and tell them I cannot come to work. So I will take my vacations and I will take some days off.
1: Does anybody know why you did it? Though not, they think it's a migraine, but that's not really what it was.
0: My mom, my dad, my boyfriend knows about the latent, attempt and why.
1: They have a sense that it wasn't just because you were getting a lot of bad migraines. It was more. Yeah, than...
0: exactly. No, it's not a secret. Like my mom knows all my problems with my dad, and she went through all, uh, all of that with me. My dad also knew, but he like never accepted that it was. Part his fault. I know it was also my fault, but he was the adult in that situation. Mm -hmm. I was only a child. I had to go to therapy. She started to give me methods how Mm -hmm. to work to apologize my dad and how to work in living a life with him.
1: I need a therapist like that.
0: Yeah, but it only worked like for one month.
1: (laughs) Okay. So just to be clear, your first attempt was at seventeen, your second attempt was at twenty four. Yeah. Which is last year. You never go to a hospital where you stay. So before we get to that next part, I have a few other questions. How many people did you tell about being on this
0: podcast? Right now, only my boyfriend. Same guy? Yeah, same guy. I've been with him three years.
1: Do you wish that either of those attempts had worked?
0: At least the second one, yes.
1: So you you wish then, but I'm also asking you like right now as we talk, if you could go back in time and somehow make it work, would you do it?
0: Yeah, I would. I would right now, yeah.
1: And then, is the third attempt connected to you searching for something, podcast or otherwise, with the word "suicide" in it?
0: Yeah. Before the attempt, I had some really tough months. After the second attempt, when I st- I left my psychologist, like everything went worse. in my job. I was promoted to a sales manager. I thought it was going to be easier because I didn't have my boss. But when I went, I was promoted. My salary was lower because they changed the way they were paying. So in my economic part of my life, everything was going bad. My migraines and all of these hallucinations were went worse. I couldn't go to work. I was having problems with my uncle, my brother's dad, the half owner of the company. I couldn't talk. Like after my psychology uh, therapies, like she told me, like you need to start talking about everything. If you don't like something, start talking about it. But when I started doing that, everyone was so close, so angry when I said, like, I don't like this. Everything that happened, it never got cured. Like, everything was the same.
1: When I hear that, I'm like, dude's going to try again. Yeah. Not 100%. Things can change. It's complicated. But and of course, I do know that you tried again. So it's easy for me to say that. But. Isn't it fucking weird? People say, talk about it. And then when you talk about it, it just makes no sense. It'll never make sense to me. I hope it does, but I don't think it will. No. (laughs) So what was the, uh, how long? How many months, weeks ago, days ago, months ago, did you try for the third time?
0: Two months ago.
1: Same method, pills.
0: Yeah, same method. This time I had to go to the hospital. Who found you? I had a fight in the morning with my boyfriend. Like, I don't remember why. I don't want to leave anymore. I don't care about anyone. Everyone is always saying like, oh, you're not thinking about this. But I was saying like, and who is thinking about me? Like I'm suffering right now. So I took the pills. I took a large amount of pills. It wasn't enough. My boyfriend came and found me again like that. And he knew. He said, shit, this time he did it good. Because again, I don't know why every time I do this, I call someone. I called my mom, my dad, mm. my aunt.
1: Do you have any idea why you do that? Why you did that?
0: I don't know. It's like, I don't understand why. Like at that time, I also, I even took my phone and put it away. Like, so I don't find it, but I found it and called everyone. Mm-hmm. So this time more people knew because I called them and I, I think I told them, my mom told me like, you took pills and you want to die. And you did. It. That night I didn't go to the hospital because they didn't knew that I had taken so much. Because my boyfriend found like the package. He thought there wasn't enough pills. But the next day I was still like drunk and I don't remember a big part of it. But my mom came and said, let's go and have something to eat. So you can eat something and be better and see if we need to take you to the hospital. So I started to throw up everything. So my mom uh, took me to the hospital. I don't remember much of it. But what I remember, it wasn't a bad experience a psychiatric woman came and she started to ask what happened. Are you okay? What are you feeling right now? I cannot say it was a bad experience. It was a good experience in that time. I was like surprised because I have heard so many bad stuff. Like when you go to the hospital, they treat you like crap. Like you are worthless. You are a problem for them. So I thought, I didn't want to go to the hospital, but I don't remember. I was like unconscious when they took me there.
1: And when you say hospital, is it just a general hospital? Is it is it a mental related, mental health related?
0: No, it was a general hospital.
1: And they didn't send you anywhere else.
0: That was weird for me. I thought they had to send me somewhere, but because my mom told them, like, if you send him to a psychiatric, he will lose his job, and he not he can't lose his job right now. <laughs>
1: Do you think that was a good thing she did?
0: I think, yes. This time when it happened, it was really difficult. Like the second time, Mm -hmm. like people tried to help me, but they were helping, but a bit. Like they were helping like, oh, do I need to take you? Or they weren't like so inside of my life. But this time, because it was the third time, they thought this is going to happen again. So Mm -hmm. I started to have a lot of problems with my mom, with my dad, because they didn't trust me anymore. They thought I was going to make it again. I was doing, going to kill myself. So like I went to the, the psychiatrist and she told me that I had uh, severe depression for a long time. She changed all of my medicines around and uh, she said that I cannot control my medicines. My boyfriend had to give it to, to me that I understand. Like, I said, OK, it can happen. I I will not take my medicine again and they can give it to me. But like two weeks after, when I started taking my medicines, it hits really hard. Like my body is really like allergic or really sensitive. So most of the day I'm like drugged, like I'm dosing off. I couldn't go to work because I had to drive. And I told them like, can I have some vacations? So my dad got out of control, started calling my doctor and told her, oh, he's, he's really bad. He cannot work. I need to fire him. So my psychiatric, like the doctor, called me and said, you need to come. You have two options. You need to be guarded 24 hours a day by your mom, or you are going to be interned in a a mental health hospital.
1: That's an interesting moment because if that's what she felt and she had the, um, what's the word, the power to make that happen, I get it. She's communicating with you clearly. But there was something about it when, if that were me, Having somebody, anybody, give me just like two choices and they both aren't, aren't sucky choices, I think you increase the chances of that person then actually doing something bad, you know, killing themselves. I really do.
0: Exactly. I understand that. That day, if they told me that, okay, fair. I understand. But two weeks later, I was starting to feel okay. Like like my life started Feeling better, like it it didn't stop all the day. So when she told me that, it was like, fuck, but I'm feeling better. I'm only telling you that I feel bad because the medicines. Why Mm -hmm. didn't you do it in the exact moment when I went out of the hospital? I told my mom, mom, like, no, I don't want you to come to live to live in my house because I have my own life. I need privacy and I need someone like to at least support me. Everyone is telling me you're going to do it again. But in just that be... moment, I wasn't thinking about that.
1: So just to be clear, given what the, the psychologist said, was your mother with you all the time?
0: Uh, no, I told her no, and she, that she couldn't come okay. to my house. And she understood after that because my mom's husband, she's also a psychologist. But didn't the
1: psychologist say it in a way where if you didn't do that one thing, you'll have to do the other thing?
0: Yeah, like my mom said in that moment with the doctor, yeah, I will do it.
1: Oh, and then they didn't check up every day on her. They just trusted her.
0: Trust me right now. I'm trying to feel better. I'm not going to do it. But please trust me because no one is trusting me right now. Like everyone is saying, oh, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to kill yourself. And that's not helping. The only one that was supporting me in that moment was my boyfriend. Like he said, no, I'm living with you. And I feel that you are much better. Like you are not going to try it again in those two weeks.
1: Were you thinking about it, though? In
0: that moment, no. Have you been
1: thinking about it since then?
0: Not so much. The medicine that I'm taking right now, it's working more than any medicine I have taken. Oh, that's great. In that moment, that week that they told me, like, you need to be under supervision 24 hours a day. I said, I'm going to do it again. Like, this is not going to be my life. I hate people being on my back, so it's not going to happen again.
1: Right. And at what point, either before or during or after that, all that, do you um, try to find something online? And then eventually you found this.
0: Before the third attempt, two months before, I was really, really struggling. And I said, I'm not having any support by my psychologist. I don't feel that, like it's working anymore. So I said, maybe in Spotify, someone... I, I, I knew that there there were podcasts about mental health, but I said, I need to hear someone else, someone else's story and see if I can understand what is happening because I don't understand why I feel so bad every day. So that's when I found your podcast. It helps, like it helped, but obviously like it helps. But when your life starts to get worse and worse, like nothing can help you in that moment because you don't feel the light like you feel that everything needs to end
1: yeah so you had said a few things earlier about migraines and divorce Mm. and dad and and work and money and meds there's a lot going on Mm. yeah does your sexuality play into your at all i don't know what it's like in that culture Your part that part of the country is it hard or maybe harder than some other places do you know
0: yeah it's harder than other places like if you go in public Someone sees you like this, they start to stare and start judging you. Uh, I was moving from uh, to another house. And when I was searching for it, I had a house that I liked. So I was going to start the, the rent. The owner of the house told me, oh, I know that you are gay. And I want to know what type of, t- of couple you are. And it was like a normal what <laughs> She said, oh, OK, I understand. I accept that. But in around the neighborhood, they don't. So uh-huh. you cannot go outside and hold pants or keys outside your house because people are going to start to talk and I don't want that. So it was like, fuck you. <laughs> Stay with your house. I don't need that in my life.
1: So you didn't take the house?
0: No, I didn't. And one month later they broke in my actual house. So now I'm moving this week.
1: <laughs> oh man, more stress. All right. So as you as we talk right now, and now you're in a, uh, you're still in your car, right? Yeah. But you're in a dark garage, it looks like. Yeah. Somewhere in outer Quito. Do you believe in God? No. Nope. So when you die, and this may not have anything to do with God or not, if any of your attempts had worked, do you think you're just dead? Or is there something else that happens?
0: Like when it was happening, I never thought what was going to happen after. Like it was like my suffering in that moment was so bad that I didn't care. Like I said, every anything could be better than this.
1: If I gave you a pill and you just go to sleep and die tonight, would you take it?
0: Difficult question.
1: Yeah, And no no pain. And let me add one other part to it. Nobody knows it's going to be a suicide.
0: Yeah, I would do it. I try to see all the positive stuff right now in my life, but I know it's going to happen again. Like I'm going to a psychologist right now, but I feel like everything moves so slow that no one can help me in that, like what I'm feeling and. Why I'm always feeling like that. Like my medicine right now is helping, I know. But I don't know. I don't feel like anything is going to work. Like I feel like no one understands many of the stuff that is happening. And I feel sometimes like I'm uh, so much work to to be with. So I feel sometimes so bad about that. Like my mom is always suffering. My boyfriend is always suffering because I have really bad days that I have so much depression that I go- come from work and I only want to sleep. If I had the pill that no one knew, like I would do it.
1: Your boyfriend, your mom, and I think you mentioned your stepfather or your mom. Yeah, my stepfather. You can talk to them sometimes? Yeah, like my
0: stepfather was a really good help for me in those weeks this past month because he's really a calm person. Like, he doesn't lose control. My mom was losing it in that moment. I always could talk with my mom. In that moment, I couldn't talk with anyone. Mm -hmm. Even my boyfriend, he was really chill. He was really supportive. But I felt bad talking about all my problems, and I saw him suffering. Like, he was scared. But my stepdad was like, calm down. People do stuff, crazy stuff. When they are scared and your mom, your dad, maybe your boyfriend is acting, they are acting like that because they are scared.
1: I'm not pointing any fingers at your mom or your boyfriend, but for most people, certainly me, maybe you, when people act like that, you're just less inclined to talk to them. You don't want to put that on them and feel bad and think them and feel worried, make them feel scared and make them lose it. So you don't, exactly. but then then what do you do, right? Oy.
0: Exactly. You, you, you ended the same place.
1: Yeah. I think people in people's lives who are struggling have to be really strong and actually rather vigilant. Because mm-hmm. most people aren't going to keep coming back to you. They're going to stop. In your case, you've tried three times. Yeah. You said you're going to take a pill if I gave it to you to die. My guess is, is it fair to say you're, you're going to try again?
0: I don't want to. I don't want to make everyone suffer again the same way that the other two times. I wouldn't do it because I don't want to see them suffer again because of me.
1: Are you saying that suffering and you don't succeed or they're going to suffer if you do complete suicide?
0: both of them because I don't know that there's the next time if it will happen it will happen it will be successful. I don't want to take that chance that it happens again that it's not successful so everyone is going to oh here he comes again.
1: All right people out there when you hear the word selfish being used, listen to what Esteban just said that's not selfish
0: at all. He's not selfish for once I'm thinking about myself. And what I feel is that I don't have like a way out and I don't want to suffer anymore. Like I don't like this life, suffering every day, trying to change myself to understand the people around me. So I don't suffer anymore because people like to be dumbasses.
1: (laughs) Do you have friends? Mm,
0: Not much. Like uh, I had a group of friends, but uh, when everything started to happen, I went away from them because they wanted, in that time of their life, only to party. And I didn't feel comfortable uh, around them. Because when I met someone, they were never there. But I was always there for you, for them. I started to have a lonely life. When I uh, met my boyfriend, I went, started to be friends with his friends. Mm-hmm. But nothing, like, really close. Do you still get migraines? Eh, not so much. When I have a lot of stress, I do, but I don't have those hallucinations anymore. I had one or two migraines, but they they have been like controllable, nothing so bad that I had to go to a hospital or anything like that.
1: Does anything help you feel better? I don't mean just about the migraines, just in general.
0: In general, I like to do a lot of hiking. I love hiking.
1: Quito is quite high up, right?
0: Yeah, Quito is 2,800 meters.
1: Oh, that's over a mile for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, over a mile.
1: Do you have any myths about your own life or mental health or whatever uh, that you want to discuss and maybe dispel?
0: People that commit suicide, they are not selfish. People don't understand what that person is going through. No one makes that decision because, oh, I want to bring attraction for me or something like that. People are suffering. Mm. And mental health is taken so lightly in these days, like at living here. Even in if you have private insurance, if you go to a psychiatry, they don't cover that. What do you expect of the people? Like people don't take it seriously and they don't know that you die from this.
1: Do you think they care?
0: Not really. Like my dad told me, like, you need to be stronger.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: You need to stop being sad. You need to stop thinking about the future and thinking about the past because the past, it makes you depressed. And the future makes you anxious. That's the easy way out. Like you told me that. Thank you. Now I'm cured. (laughs) Yeah. Esteban, just don't be sad. Be positive. Maybe
1: even happy. Cured. Perfect. I just hadn't heard that. Everything is okay now. Everything's okay now. Nobody had ever told me that. That easy. Boom. Exactly. Anybody in your life, mother, boyfriend, stepdad, others who might hear this?
0: I will tell my mom and my stepdad. No, also my boyfriend.
1: All right. Well, Esteban's boyfriend, mom, and stepdad, if you're hearing this, Hello from the United States. Thank you for listening. What else would you like to share, man? I really appreciate you uh, you talking about this so openly. But I know you had a lot to talk about or wanted to talk about.
0: I don't know if this podcast, like in general, your podcast, could help more people. Like in general, like in Latin America, I think it's so, such a taboo. It's not easy to understand why it's so difficult to people understand that this is making so many people end in suicide. Many people are dying for this, from this. And many people
1: are suffering, even if they don't try.
0: Many doctors, they don't know how to work with people like this because I can tell you my doctor, she was treating me like a child. Like yeah. she was talking with my mom and my dad. I wasn't important. I'm overage. I'm legal. You should be talking to me, not with anyone else.
1: So you'd said the word suffering in silence earlier, and then your therapist is not talking to you.
0: Exactly. They are taking everything like it wasn't important, like I'm the most important because I'm the patient.
1: Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know all the details or the context, but I mean, you could argue one of the reasons people think about ending their lives or ultimately try is no one feels they're important. Their life doesn't matter. They don't matter. Do what you can to help them make it matter. Shit, I know it's not easy, but like that's a good starting point.
0: Yeah, it's a good starting point. Maybe make it easier so more people can reach out.
1: Make it easier, yeah. So, what's a typical night uh, like for you?
0: Uh, Normally, we both uh, come to our house like late. Hmm. We make some dinner. We play with our dogs because we have three dogs. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't go out to my apartment because they are really noisy. Sometimes we go out with friends. Sometimes we we go with the dogs to take a hike around the mountain I have uh, outside my house. When I have a good mood. When I'm in a bad mood, I go and go and sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah. What kind of dogs do you have?
0: I have a husky, a chihuahua, and a small dog that I do- adopted.
1: Okay. Well, I hope that you have a good evening. Anything else you want to discuss before we get back to our super exciting lives?
0: Not really. I think we have talked about many stuff right now.
1: <laughs> Excellent, man. Well, thank you.
0: Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you for ah, listening. and I do my best, my friend. I do my best. All right. I'll connect with you soon, man. And uh, again, I hope your night is decent.
0: Perfect. Thanks, man. Bye.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Esteban in Ecuador. Thank you, Esteban. Muchas gracias, señor. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to talk, please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com on Facebook or Twitter at Suicide Noted. As I say often, help us out by rating and reviewing Suicide Noted on the Apple podcast platform. And check those show notes for all kinds of other ways you can get involved and participate, including our membership program. Thank you very much for listening. That is all for episode number 175. Stay strong. Do the best you can. I will talk to you soon.